1: And the final section in the Gospel of Matthew, this section in verses 16 through 20, is known as the Great Commission. It's a very important section. It's a very familiar section. It says, go and make disciples, Jesus said, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Great Commission. In commenting on this passage, John MacArthur wrote this. He said, If a Christian understands all the rest of the Gospel of Matthew, but fails to understand this closing passage, he has missed the point of the entire book. This passage is the climax and major focal point, not only of this Gospel, but of the entire New Testament. It is not an exaggeration to say that in the broadest sense, it is the focal point of all Scripture all scripture, Old Testament, as well as new. It really is. It's an important chapter. And, 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 and it's not the end of Jesus' ministry. And this command that he gives to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, this by no means was some kind of passing comment. As Jesus now ends his ministry, according to Matthew, and, and Jesus wasn't talking to the disciples, and all of a sudden he says, and, and, and oh, by the way, fellas, um, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and, and you know, don't, don't, don't forget to do that. It wasn't in that context of some kind of passing comment or some passing statement. It was a very important and poignant statement that Jesus makes at the end of his ministry. And it is so important that all four Gospels make or allude to some type of comment as it relates to going. All four Gospels kind of record this idea of going. Take a a note. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. In Luke chapter 24, verse 46 and 47, then he, Jesus, said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and the remission of sin should be preached in his name, here it is, to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And then in John chapter 20, verse 21, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, here it is, I also send you. Oh, this idea, this concept of going the Gospels recorded over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, it even goes on to record it in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me, here it is, in Jerusalem, there's go, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts or to the end of the earth. We are to go and make disciples. The Great Commission. Here's an outline for you we're going to work from this morning. I titled this sermon, The Great Commission. And here's an outline we're going to talk about this morning. If you're taking notes, number one, we're going to talk about the power of the Great Commission. And we'll find that in verse 18 in our text The power of the Great Commission. And then, secondly, we'll talk about the plan of the Great Commission. And we'll find that in verse 19 in our text. And then we'll talk about, thirdly, the purpose of the Great Commission, verse 19 and 20. The power, the plan, the purpose. And then finally, we'll talk about the promise of the Great Commission. We'll find that in verse 20 again. The Great Commission, the power, the plan, the purpose. And the promise. Well, saints, in Matthew chapter 28, we'll pick up our study, our final study in the Gospel of Matthew in verse 16. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Well, then the eleven disciples they went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus note this had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. Some doubt it. And Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all authority, highlight that, circle that in your neighbor's Bible. (laughs) All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And Jesus says, lo, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And all of God's people agree and said, amen. amen." In verse 20, Jesus says, lo, hey, read it with me. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Last week, if you weren't with us, you probably should pick up the CD because we talked about the resurrection and we talked about the, the, the proofs of the resurrection. And so you might want to pick up the CD. But last week, as we gathered together, the women came to the tomb and they found that Jesus had risen from the grave. It was at that time in verse 16 of our text that the 11 disciples went up to Galilee. I find it interesting. They went up to Galilee. Why? Well, listen at this. Before and after the resurrection, Jesus planned a meeting with his disciples in the Galilee. You might remember it's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 32. Before Jesus was crucified, it says, but after I have been raised, Jesus says, I will go before you to Galilee. So before he was crucified, he said, I'm going to go before you to Galilee. And then post-resurrection, after Jesus rose from the grave, we read it last week in Matthew chapter 28, verse 10, Jesus said to the women, go and tell my brethren to meet me in Galilee. So are you understanding the, the, the disciples went to the rendezvous point? It was in Galilee. In a mountain in the area of Galilee. Each time that we take a trip to Israel, we always go to this mountain called the Mountain of Arbel. A-R-B-E-L. This is a high mountain in the area of the Galilee. It's so high, you park your bus actually and you get out and, and you walk up this this high mountain and you get to this cliff and you can look over and you can see the entire Sea of Galilee. And as you look over, you can see Magdala, where, where, where Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons, remember that's where she's from, and, and then Jesus cast those demons out of her. And you can see Capernaum, and you can see all of the cities that surround the Galilee up in this mountain. Many Bible scholars believe that this is the rendezvous point for Jesus and his disciples. But not only, listen, for Jesus and his disciples, but according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6, it tells us that there were over 500 people who met Jesus after the resurrection or post-resurrection. So many Bible scholars, good Bible scholars, believe that it's in this area that Jesus gathered, and all of these people were gathered together. And and, and Jesus began to, 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 to fellowship with them. And can you imagine what kind of gathering and worship service this was? I wonder if they didn't all, and we're talking about the 11 disciples, and we're also talking about 500 plus people. I'm wondering if they all just didn't get down and bow on their knees and begin to worship Jesus who had just risen from the grave. I wonder if they didn't say just like Thomas, my Lord and my God. Mm -hmm. And they worshiped him. That's what the Bible says. And some people doubted him. That's what the Bible says. But isn't it interesting that in any gathering of people, there are always going to be people who worship him and people who doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, right now in this room, this vast gathering of people, there are people here right now who are here to worship him And there are people who doubt him. Well, that's what the scene was as Jesus gathers on the mountain with the disciples. Now, I want you to understand something. I found this pretty interesting. When the disciples, when Jesus told the disciples to go into the area of Galilee or to meet him in the Galilee, did you know that Jesus never told them, listen to this, Jesus never told them why they were going to Galilee. Jesus never told them what he was going to do when they got to the rendezvous point. Jesus never told them what was going to happen when they get there. The disciples understand this here. They had no idea what was going to happen or what to expect. Jesus basically said, show up in Galilee and I'll show up. And they were expected to obey him. Oh, you know where I'm going. What was true for the disciples is true for us as well. Jesus says, listen, take me at my word. Be obedient. Keep your appointment with me. Be available to me, and I will tell you the next step. Jesus is saying that to us this morning here <laughs> at Calvary Chapel Carey. Guys, if you will just show up, I will show up. I am so amazed that every time we gather together, have you noticed every time we gather together, the Lord shows up. Amen. 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 I love it. Because I'm all day long and I'm thinking, maybe all morning long, Lord, help us as we gather. I'm praying in the morning. Lord, as we gather together, may the people come out and worship you. Father, Wednesday night is going to be a tough day for a lot of people. But God, may they get in the house of the Lord and just worship you. Lord, just cause them to show up. Because God, if they show up, Lord, you promise to show up. Because you said you're with us always. So you're going to show up, God. I'm always praying, Lord, and I know and I'm am amazed each time when we show up, God shows up. God shows up. And when you show up, God is saying, look, just show He's telling his disciples, look, just meet me in Galilee. Just meet me there. And I'll tell you what to do. And I don't need you to be prepared. Because there's nothing you can prepare for. You see, your greatest ability is your availability." Your greatest ability is your willingness. You know, unfortunately, I know a lot of gifted and talented Christians who are useless to God because they are not willing and they are not available. They're just not willing. They're not available. The disciples didn't know what Jesus wanted them to do, but they were willing to show up. I bet you they probably knew that verse in Isaiah 6-8 where Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me they are probably headed up to the mountain saying, Lord, I'm here, send me. Lord, I'm here, send me. See, we don't say that. We say, Lord, I'm here, send them. (laughs) Amen. Lord, I'm here, send them. See, we need to be saying, Lord, here am I. And listen, God doesn't need your ability. God needs your availability, as I said. When you show up, listen, you have nothing to offer God. We can't do anything for God you got to understand that as they go out, they're going out in his authority. As they go out, they're going out in his power, not their own. Amen. When you show up, there's nothing that you can give to God. You have no power in and of yourself. Amen. But to simply just say, God, here am I. I've got no abilities. I can't do anything apart from you. God, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I have nothing to give you. But Lord, if I show up, Lord, you promised to show up, and you promised to work through me. That's all he told him to do, and that's all we're expected to do. Just show up, and God will show you, tell you the next step to take. You know, I'm amazed as I think back over my life. I was thinking of this yesterday, you know, when I got saved in in, in January 23rd, 1982. I had no idea that the day I got saved was the day that I was going to meet my wife. Did I ever tell you all that? The day I became a Christian, I met my wife the very same day. You know, you don't know what a day is going to hold. Are you feeling me? You don't know what a day is going to hold. I I met my wife, and I I tell you, I got to tell you all the first time I met my wife. I mean, it was interesting. You know, it was because she. You know, we were over at a friend's house, and, and actually, we were preparing to go to church, and. And, and, and she came, you know, walking in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you all now because she's not in here. All right? And uh, she came walking in. And uh, I saw her. And I said, I said, hey, how you doing? You know. <laughs> Get my cool on. You know what I mean? Y'all know, y'all know, I was, I'm laying, I'm just chilling back. You know, I've only been a Christian for like two minutes, okay? So, I mean, so I still had a lot of flesh to work through. Let's say that. All right, if you're with me, say amen. All right. So, I was laying, I'm like, yeah. So, how you doing? And I'm, I'm like, you know, she'd be crazy not to talk to me. Okay, you know what she did? Walk right by, she'd go, Hi. I said, oh, you're just rude, huh? Oh, yeah. Don't you know? You should take another look, you know? <laughs> See, pff, she, was, she was, that was 23 years ago. She would give me the hand before the hand came out.
0: <laughs> she was like,
1: talk to the hand, because I ain't listening. <laughs> But who knew? I mean, who knew? I mean, think about this. I had no idea that day that I would meet my wife the same day I got saved. I had no idea that we would serve the Lord together for all of these years. I had no idea that that I would be pastor. I, I, I didn't want to be a pastor. I wasn't trying to be a pastor. I had no idea that I would be pastor and she would be pastor's wife for many years to come. You don't have any idea. God just says, show up. God just says, be obedient. You know, I don't have any idea what's going to become of my life in ministry today. But that's not for me to know. I'm required to show up, and God will show up and tell me what to do. That's what the Bible calls saints walking by faith. You understand? That's what the Bible says. You just do what God's called you to do. That's a word for someone here. You do what God's called you to do. Makes me think of Jeff. Just do it, and the Lord will provide. Amen. Amen. Very important. So in verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him. All of these people gathered together. You know what? I can imagine this crowd. I actually call this this is a crowd of used to bees. I'm sure that this is a crowd of used to bees. I mean, you got to think about Jesus ministry and all the people that he touched and all of the people that he healed. And I'm sure that 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 used to be blind Bartimaeus showed up. And I'm sure that used to be Lazarus, used to be dead Lazarus, showed up. All these people. Jairus, you remember his daughter? And she used to be dead. And Jesus touched her. And Jesus brought her back to life. I'm sure the woman who used to have an issue of blood was there. The centurion who, whose servant was sick, used to be sick, was healed by Jesus. The guy who used to be paralyzed was there. Remember that story when they opened up the roof and they let this guy down? Jesus is right there teaching a Bible study. And they let this guy down. And Jesus touched him and healed him. And now he used to be paralyzed. He's up running around and walking around. And I'm sure that he certainly made that trip up the Arbel and gathered with this crowd of people. Simon, he used to be a leper. Zacchaeus, pardon me, who who used to be mastered by greed is now mastered by grace. And of course, we have the 11 disciples who were there. And then you have Jesus standing there, risen from the grave with the nail marks in his hands. And and they saw and they experienced this moment. And they fell down and they worshiped him. A bunch of used-to-be's gathered together to worship Jesus. You know, that reminds me of Calvary Chapel on Sunday morning. Look at your neighbor. There used to be. Well, hopefully they used to be. I mean, some of us, we used to be drug dealers, but now we're worshipers. Some of us, we used to be grumpy, and now we're grateful. Say amen, saints. You know that's right. Some of us used to be cheap, and now we're generous. Some of us used to beat people up. Amen. You don't do that anymore. (laughs) Now you're picking people up. Some of us used to steal, and now we give. We used to lie. And now we tell the truth. Most of the time. (laughs) A bunch of used-to-be's. Jesus takes a life and makes something out of it. Amen? Amen? Well, point number one in our outline, the power of the Great Commission. Look at it in verse 18. As the people are worshiping him and enjoying his presence, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Would you note that? Would you underline that? All authority and all power. Not 99%. Not 80%. Jesus didn't say, well guys, I want you to know that I have most power. And Satan has some power. So you better look out. He didn't say that. He said, I have all power. Now in the Greek language, you've been around here at Calvary Chapel? In the Greek language... All means all, and that's all all means. Amen. You know that. All means all, and that's all all means. Now your Bible Greek students. Jesus has all power. Jesus has all authority. Not some power, not a little power, not much power. The Bible says he has authority. All power and all authority is given to me, he said, in heaven and in earth. And because of this all power that is given to him in heaven and earth, he says, go and make disciples. In other words, because of Jesus' limitless power, we are to go in his power and make disciples. Point number two in our outline. Not only the power of the, great, of the Great Commission, but the plan of the Great Commission. We find that in verse 19. Jesus said, go to all nations. Go to all people groups. Go to all persons. This word go, if you're taking notes in your Bible, is literally translated, as you are going. You see, the idea is, as you are going throughout the world, make disciples. Make disciples. This word disciple literally means to develop learners. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is one who sits at the feet of his master, soaking up every word. A disciple is one who desires to conform his life to the life of his master. Thus, to make disciples means to help unbelievers become fully devoted followers of Jesus. To go and make disciples. Go and make disciples, not wait for disciples to come to church. The Bible tells us to go and make disciples. It doesn't say go and bring people to church. We are to go and make disciples. When you go and make disciples, you are taking the gospel of Jesus Christ out into the world. Now, a lot of people like to use this verse for missions trips, and and it can apply to that, but it's not limited to that. Remember, it's as you are going. So in other words, as you are going to the supermarket, when you get to the supermarket, if you find opportunity to share the gospel, to tell someone of Jesus Christ, that's what you're to do. As you are going, you're in the supermarket. Ma'am, can I help you? Yes, I'd like to buy this item. Yeah, is it on sale? Yeah, well, I'll give you a sale price. Great. Oh, speaking of sale, do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior? <laughs> Something. As you are going, hey, you go to the gym. Man, you sure can pump a little iron. Yeah, really? Yeah, how much can you print press, press? Yeah. Hey, you know the Bible says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. The Bible says, you know, bodily exercise profits little. And then they'll say, okay, get away from me, Jesus free. Okay. You go, no, come here, man, I gotta tell you something else. <laughs> something. Hey, you understand my point. <laughs> something. As you are going, share the gospel. Take the gospel to the world, not necessarily bring people to church.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times,